Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by Cardinals broadcaster and host of Scoops with Danny Mac weekdays from 10 to 11 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. He is Dan McLaughlin joining us on the show. Danny Mac, how you doing today, man? I am doing well. How about you guys? Uh, we are doing a okay. So, Dan, earlier today, I was listening to you on Carriker and Smallman filling in on the morning show. I thought you did a tremendous job, and you talked about how this off season could be difficult. It's going to be a tough needle to thread for John Mosellock while keeping the payroll low and also trying to find a bat that can come in here and upgrade the lineup. I came up with some options earlier today. Would you like to oh. hear them? Oh, he, he's been busy. Trust me. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Now, you tell me how well, unrealistic. Hold on. BK. Yep. BK, can yep. we just get through 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you knew this. They're, they're, still, they're still in contention. I, uh, I am aware. I've also watched the offense, though. Uh, I understand. I understand. I'll play along. Yeah, sure. Let's do this really quickly. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I I think it's going to be really hard for them to be able to find somebody. So here we go. Jose Ramirez, the third baseman for the Indians. I don't think that one's likely. Matt Chapman, he's hurt for the A's right now. That seems relatively unlikely because of the hip injury. Cattell Marte, who is an interesting player Uh, for the D-backs. Yeah. Look at that one. All We've right, got we got one. We got a hit. Mitch Haniger. Starling Marte from, well, he's now not with Arizona anymore, right. but he's intriguing too. But now he's with, uh, what, the Marlins? The Marlins, yeah. yeah. I love that name as well. Mitch okay. Haniger, the outfielder for the Mariners. Eh. Yeah, I felt the same way. With Merrifield, outfielder slash second baseman for oh, the Royals. Yeah. yeah. And Andrew, Andrew Benatendi for the Red Sox. Any yeah. of those feel both realistic and interesting to you? Well, they all are interesting to me. I think anybody is going to be interesting. Uh, the, my whole thing on, on going into this offseason is that it's totally unknown. Unless I'm reading this wrong, and I know you both are well-prepared on this stuff and come in as well-versed as anybody, I, I just don't know what the offseason looks like because I think everybody's books are different pre-COVID and post-COVID. So you know what the books look like going in, and now with no fans and not having the income that you thought and the revenue that you thought going in, how do teams and how do owners treat this um, individually? And I I just think it's all going to be different. So I would assume each team has got a spreadsheet and saying, all right, guys and gals, here's what we got. We've got a scenario of 25% capacity, 50% capacity. Here it is for one month. Here it is for two months. Here's what we think. Uh, here's reading the tea leaves, how comfortable are people going to be coming back? This is with a vaccine, not a vaccine. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. And by not knowing, you don't know what's coming in. So how comfortable in the big picture are owners and teams going to be in spending money? And then 
maybe are you taking one bad contract and trading it for another bad contract? So take one player and say, my guy didn't do too well. I got $10 million on the books. Your guy didn't do too well. It's a fit. You got $10 million on the books. Let's swap and see if we can get a trade of, uh, of these two guys and a change of scenery and see if we can't catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe there's something that fits. I, I, I don't know. I just have no idea what the offseason is going to look like. I do know this, though. I would like to see some type of given with the Cardinals in their outfield and trying to improve their offense. Yeah, Danny, look, I think I not I think I know I agree with you as far as the financial landscape for this offseason. It's one to be determined and two going to be so unique that I really don't think the Cardinals lining up to try and get into a bidding war for a player. That just one it doesn't really fit the model that they've used in the past and two seems like a real dangerous idea. So my head goes to we got to do something in the form of a trade. And if we were to acquire one of these guys, a Jose Ramirez, which would be great, Cattell Marte, or even we're looking at a Whit Merrifield, something like that, what do you think, in your opinion, do the Cardinals have in excess or that would be very valuable to another team to where you could make that contract-for-contract swap and improve your team? Pitching. They've got a ton of pitching. And that's with the uncertainty of Dakota Hudson, uh, not knowing what, you know, the situation is with him. I, you know, we know the immediate is that he shut down. Um, we don't know about the long term, but still, as I look at the options that they have with starters coming back, um, they've got plenty of pitching and that's even with a Matthew Libertor coming. And that's even with um, the lefty that they drafted out of Kentucky that looks so good in spring training. They, they've got a wealth of pitching that's with Carlos Martinez under another year of contract. Um, you know, I, and I'm, I'm going to assume that Wainwright is coming back. There's no reason to think that he wouldn't. I think there's a fire that burns in that belly to compete one more year. And also I think there's something about him wanting to go out with fans in the stands and go out on his own terms and go out in St. Louis. Um, and I think that they want to make that happen. Plus he's productive. I think he's been their ace and he's been their best pitcher. So They've got options coming back. So they're dealing from a position of strength, and that includes going into this postseason. So that is what, what teams want. They want pitching, and that's what, you know something that they've got. So if teams want to, as John Mosellock always says, we're open for business, and if teams want to talk pitching, they've got that. Danny Mack joining us here on 101 ESPN. All right, Dan, a guy that has provided a little bit of a spark to the current team as we go into the postseason, a contender that is still in contention right now for the Cardinals. Thank you, BK. Thank you. Dylan Carlson, three yes, for sir. four last night, a homer short of the cycle, came through with runners in scoring position, which is something that he struggled with the first time around. What have you seen from the young man this time up, and what's changed from the first time that we saw Carlson? Well, they're, they're just pitching him, BK, as you know, and we've talked about it, guys. They're, they're just pitching him so tough. They don't throw him fastballs. It's a great sign of respect, and it's the kind of respect that hasn't been seen much in the past decade with really young players to the tune of a 21-year-old rookie. Um, and since every pitch has been tracked since 2010 – Doing a little research here, there have been 621 rookie hitters to face 400-plus pitches in their rookie season. There have only been three who have faced fewer than 50% fastballs. Dylan Carlson is one of them. That's pretty amazing. 48.8% fastballs faced, percentage faced, for Dylan Carlson this year. There are 23 rookies who have seen 400 pitches. Only Carlson has seen less than 50% fastballs this year. So 
follow the numbers here. Since 2010, there have been 22 Cardinal rookies with 400 pitches seen. Only Carlson has seen fewer than 50% fastballs. So that gives you an idea that they are pitching him backwards. They are pitching him tough. And last night is a good example of him making an adjustment. You look at exit velocity. So you talk about barreling up a ball and, and driving the ball and doing damage. We talk about slugging. We talk about doing something with a pitch that you get to do damage to. Top of the second, he got a slider. Exit velocity on that was over 103 miles per hour. Top of the fourth, a slider. Exit velocity on that was 88. Top of the sixth, fastball. Exit velocity, 97. Top of the eighth, curve. Exit velocity, 97. And I mentioned this last night. The, uh, the, the ball that he made an out with was 365 feet opposite way. That would have left eight different ballparks. So um, he was a home run away from the cycle. And he's starting to make some adjustments. We're seeing that. He got the little break, maybe a mental break, but he's starting to already make adjustments on off-speed pitches, and that's good to see. All right, Danny, we had our good buddy Rick Ankeel on with us earlier. and I How was Ricky? Ricky How was, was Ricky? Hey, Ricky was awesome. He gave us some great stuff. and He challenged Jamie on something. He I challenged me on something, and I'm going to throw it back at you now. Because why, I, why are you going to throw it on in my lap now? Well, Ribs? because I'm anxious. to. I like to get okay. several opinions on something. That's how okay. I learn, Dan. Okay? Okay. Okay. So I suggested to Rick, I said, what would you consider – moving Dylan Carlson up to maybe the two spot in the lineup so that pitchers are kind of forced to pitch to him because Goldschmidt is behind him. I thought that with his recent success, specifically last night and the way he looks comfortable, that that would be a good way to maybe move some runners around the bags because I'm going to be honest with you, I was extremely frustrated last night when he got a leadoff triple and nobody brought him home. And I feel like if Dylan Carlson's able to have – that kind of an impact, even if he just gets on first base, but he had a double and a triple. If Goldie's behind him, that makes it a dangerous one-two in the lineup. Yes. Um, I'm going to uh, – can I speak on both sides of my mouth a little Please bit do, here? Dan. Okay. Oh, yeah. BK does it all the time. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, this is – I'm going to give you – I always give you long-winded <laughs> answers anyway, so what the hell. Um, so I would have said yesterday, prior to the game yesterday, <clears throat> one of the things, it was coming off a really – dormant performance by the Cardinals over the weekend offensively and the first game in in Kansas City was a frustrating game to watch offensively so I was like look shake up the lineup going into last night and one of the things I said was maybe do you move Goldschmidt to four then put Carlson three um, or even Tyler O'Neill you know somebody in front of front of Goldschmidt so not necessarily even Dylan Carlson but somebody in front of Paul Goldschmidt. Now, to your particular question or point, which is valid, and I do think there's something to it, I wouldn't do it yet. Um, and I'll tell you why. And they may do it, but I, I wouldn't do it. I, I know Mike likes to have that speed at the top. I'm keeping Dylan Carlson where he's at. If he's making adjustments on the off-speed stuff, I don't want to put any extra added pressure on him. When he came up, he was barreling balls. He was hitting rockets right at people. And I think... It kind of snowballed on him a little bit to where there was a lot of pressure on him. He's a highly touted prospect, number one prospect in the system. Here are the Cardinals coming off COVID, and you know everybody's like, okay, here's Dylan Carlson. He's you know supposed to do all these great things, and it didn't happen right away. And there's pressure on the young man. 
I don't do that. I, I just let him stay where he's at and keep the pressure off him. I let him do what he's doing, especially after a game last night, and I just kind of say, let him be. Just let him be for the remainder of the year. Now, things can change. Baseball is really fluid how things change. Maybe somebody gets injured. Maybe you have to do it out of desperation. I'm not quite there yet. But, Jamie, I think your point is really valid. It's a smart move. And I think in the future you definitely do it. If we're opening day next year, I'm, I'm certainly looking at that. But not quite yet. I think you just let him get through this year. I probably leave him where he's at, but man, it's a, it's a, it's. I'd certainly be look, looking at it. I'd be talking about it, but I probably wouldn't pull the trigger just yet. Well, Dan, it's a great answer. It's a well thought an- out answer. It's a well researched answer, and we always expect that from you when you join us here on Ribs and BK. We look forward to seeing you on the broadcast tonight. We look forward to hearing you tomorrow, filling in once way, again did, with Kerker and Smallman. Hey, what did Ricky say? Ricky said that uh, he's never heard a more professional baseball analysis in his life by someone who's not a baseball player. (laughs) (laughs) He said he would keep him where he's at. He did say that it's an interesting situation or proposition. He he did like it, but at the end of the day, he said, I'd probably keep him where he's at for now. Basically, same thing you said, Dan, where he was like, listen, I I like what I see from him where he's at. I wouldn't want to make it more difficult than it needs to be for the kid. He's 21. You know what I mean? It's just... I, man, I'm tempted. Believe me, I'm tempted because I love watching him play. I love it. I'm, I'm, a, aggressive I'm a gambler, Dan. Carlson fan. I'm an aggressive right. gambler. I'm going all in. I'm pushing him right up there. Let's go. I kid. get it. Go time. Says hey, the guy I get that it. didn't even want him to be up this year. But now that he's here and he's making noise, <laughs> let's go for it. I get it. I get it. Dan, we appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be listening to you tonight and then tomorrow morning on Carriker and Smallman. I'll see you guys then. Thanks. Always fun. That's Dan McLaughlin joining us here on 101 ESPN.